welcome to this presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. So this morning, as I said, we've been talking about the idea that God is worthy of worship and that's what we've got, uh, what we want to put on repeat for this week. So what is worship? Worship is essentially it's acknowledging that God is God, that God is Lord, that God is our King and our Lord, that God is our superior. When we talk about worship, worship is only worship in a sense if it kind of costs us something. In the Old Testament, there was always sacrifice as part of worship. And throughout Scripture, worship, there's always been a cost associated with worship. Romans uh, 12, 1 which many of us are familiar with, says, Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. So that verse, I guess, in a way, is describing the sacrifice of self. It talks about offering ourselves and part of the cost for us in worship in declaring that that God is our our Lord, our superior, our master, is laying ourself down on the altar, laying down our autonomy, laying down our pride, and coming in humility and declaring that He is our King. When we come before God in worship, we humbly give ourselves afresh and new to his lordship we proclaim that he is worthy and exalt him in praise but too often i think in churches today what what we call worship sometimes maybe isn't worship sometimes it's about routine like i said sometimes it's just singing songs sometimes it's just going through a liturgy or a ritual or a routine sometimes we just kind of come we call it a worship service and we say we're going to worship but it's really just kind of for some of us what we were brought up to do what we were taught was right Um, and and in a sense sometimes that's all it is Isaiah 29 God's speaking through the prophet Isaiah to the people and he says these people say they are mine they honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me And their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote. And God is displeased. He says, you know, they're they're saying all the right words, they're bringing all the right sacrifices, they're, you know, singing all the right songs and waving their hands at the right moments and all that kind of stuff. And he says, but it's just, they're just going through the motions. Their heart's not in it. It's not really something that is an expression of worship that comes from within Sometimes worship can be entertainment. There's some, some great Christian entertainers out there. There's nothing wrong with entertainment as long as we don't call it worship. <laughs> How do we know the difference? Um, sometimes I think that when we're more focused on what we're receiving or how much we're enjoying it or what we're getting out of it rather than what we're giving... I think we're in danger of crossing over into that realm of worship becoming entertainment. I remember 
as a young person here in this church I love to be part of the the worship team and love music love singing and and all that kind of stuff but sometimes when I when I wasn't involved I'd be sitting in the congregation in the pews and I can remember times when you know I'd just be full of criticism I'd be like you know oh, I don't like this song you know I'm sure that none of us here have ever had those thoughts you know worship team are doing a lousy job today you know oh wrong notes singers are off key you know and and I would kind of sit there and I'd go and there'd be times when I'd just kind of sit there and go no nah, I'm not singing this song I don't like this song you know and I remember that God really challenged me on that one day and uh and it was almost like he just kind of said to me you know who is this about <laughs> and I had to stop and uh, you know I had to kind of like uh, repent of that kind of attitude and change that attitude because God reminded me that worship is not about me it's about him that I should be able to you know it, it shouldn't matter what whether it's my favorite song or whether it's my least favorite song or whether it's an old hymn or you know whatever the case might be if if my heart is in the right place I can choose to to worship God in the midst of anything I can choose to worship God when there's no music when there's no songs, when I'm with a crowd or whether on my own, that worship is about what I bring to God, not about how, what I'm receiving or what I'm getting or how I'm feeling or, or any of those kind of things. And I remember being really challenged by that and he challenged me to go, you know, and, and from then on it kind of almost became a, uh, a challenge for me to go, can I worship in, is there any song which I you know, can't worship? Now, that's not to say that we don't, believe that we ought to bring you know have a have a spirit of excellence and do everything that we can to to minimize things that might be distracting to people that are wanting to engage in worship of course we do but that's that's the responsibility of the team our responsibility when we're here in the congregation is to make a choice to enter into worship whether everything suits us or not whether we think it's too loud or too soft or you know the wrong song or you know whatever the case might be our responsibility is to worship God because he is worthy of worship not because the music inspires us or because we love to sing God is worthy of worship and we worship him because of that we worship him not because we love the song not because we love to sing even though we might do that and we might love the song but we worship God because he is worthy of worship and I want to give you a few um, we, we could come up with a really long list this morning of reasons why God is worthy of worship but I just want to give you a few kind of key points and some scriptures that talk about this idea God is worthy of worship because he is the alpha and the omega you remember reading that in scripture he's the first and the last what uh, revelation chapter 1 verse 8 this is god speaking uh john's recording it but god is speaking and he says i am the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end says the lord god i'm the one who was who always was and who is still to come the almighty one He is the Alpha and the Omega. What does that mean to say that God is the Alpha and the Omega? It means that He is the first who existed before anything else. 
He is the one through whom everything is and, and has come into being. He is the first and he is the one who will be at the end. He has no beginning and no end. He is overall and in all. He existed before everything else. And one day every person will stand before him and face judgment. On that day, everyone will bow the knee. Everybody will bow before him and acknowledge that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the one who is above all. Whether they lived for him in, in their life or whether they denied him at that moment, they will know and they will acknowledge him as King of kings and Lord of lords. Philippians 2 um, uh, verses 9 to 11 says, God elevated him, speaking about Jesus, to the place of highest honour and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. What is under the earth referring to, do you think? Yeah. All, all, all of those demonic spirits will, will, will bow and, <laughs> you know, that's an interesting thought, isn't it? All, all those who live and all those who've ever lived and every tongue will declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is the beginning and the end. He is the Almighty One. He is all-powerful. We're saying we just, just now, you know, Jesus, the name that makes even the darkness itself tremble. The one who, who you know, we, a few weeks ago we talked about how nothing is impossible for God. No matter what situation you're in right now, no matter what kind of darkness or difficulty or, or you know, circumstance you might be facing, Jesus is there. Jesus is has the, 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 the power over all of those things. There is nothing uh, in all of creation, either in this world or the unseen world, Scripture declares, Jesus has been made Lord over all of it. He is the Alpha and Omega. So the second, second thing, God is worthy of worship because He is the Creator. Uh, in the fourth chapter of Revelation, John has this vision of, of God on his throne and he describes all these kind of weird and wonderful creatures with eyes and wings and, and things like that, but they're all kind of worshipping God. As, uh, you know, around there's these four living creatures that have different faces and sometimes, you know, talk about what kind of things that they, he might be talking about or what they represent and then and the 24 elders who sit on th thrones of their own and have crowns and they all bow before God, they worship God and they declare, they declare this, they say, you are worthy our Lord and God to receive glory and honour and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. The creation, the universe that we live in is a pretty amazing place, isn't it? It's, it's pretty mind-boggling when you begin to look at the, 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 the scale and the, the magnitude of even just our galaxy, you know, uh, the, the place that we live. Even when we look at, you know, whether you look at it at a, a macroscopic level and look at the size of uh, the, the infinite universe or whether you go right down to the microscopic level and look at the way that 
you know, atoms and molecules interact with each other and the way that things are held together, um, just the, the, the complexity of the human body is an, an amazing thing. From its, its smallest tiny molecule to the, the galaxies of the universe, it's, it's intricate, it's well-designed, it, it, it's balanced, it works in harmony... And, and all of this kind of speaks to the, the God that we serve, the God who created it all. When we look at a, an amazing kind of work of art, I don't know if you've ever... Um, my, my grandpa used to be an amazing painter. He used to, he used to love painting landscapes especially trees because he always said you know if you you make a wrong squiggle it just becomes another branch <laughs> you know because trees go in all sorts of weird directions but he was an amazing painter he was an amazing wood carver and um, used to make uh, amazing little lifelike miniatures that he'd carve and, and things out of wood but he was an amazing artist and and sometimes I don't know if you've ever been in that that place where you you've seen a, a great work of art and, and it's actually produced by somebody that you know uh, I don't, anyone know any good artists or you know e- even uh you know when you look at and you see a photography is becoming a big thing these days isn't it and you see a, a like a really great photograph where they're just captured the light and they've put the right kind of filters on their camera or whatever and you just look at that and go wow that's um if you've ever tried taking those kind of photographs you know that it's not always that easy but sometimes you fluke one but um or, or you see an amazing athletic performance or an amazing feat of engineering it, kind of what we do is we go wow that's amazing that that person must be really talented you know, and we kind of acknowledge and we, we give praise to someone who creates a work of art or, or something, uh, you know, an amazing feat of engineering or, you know, a great performance. And we say that person is kind of, or we, we think of that person as being worthy of praise for that accomplishment or that achievement. And I wonder sometimes whether we kind of think in those same terms for the one who created the universe whether we, when we stop and admire the beauty of it, whether we do the same thing, whether we give praise to the one who created what we see around us, the beauty of nature, the beauty of a, a sunrise or a sunset. I see more sunsets than sunrises, but <laughs> not a morning person. You might, be the, you might be a sunrise person, I don't know. <laughs> do we have praise for the one who created the universe that we inhabit he is worthy of praise because he is the creator the one who made our universe who fashioned our world who created you and me and and put us together god is worthy of worship because he is lord Lord is a word that we don't use a lot these days, or maybe they still use it a little bit in England with all of their nobility and their, they still have lords and things, although it's probably a little bit more honorary than what it used to be. But we don't use it a lot here in Australia. But it's essentially a word that's used a lot in the Bible, mostly in reference to God, but also for a king or a master. And I think that's part of the reason why we use it a lot for God, because that's an appropriate term for him. He is our king and he is our master. 
Lord is a term for someone who is in charge. God is in charge. (laughs) Whether we see it in the world around us or not, whether people acknowledge it or not, He is in charge. Psalm 96, uh, I read last week if you were here, but it was a, a little section that says, Give to the Lord the glory He deserves. Bring your offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. Let all the earth tremble before him. And the Psalms are filled with calls for God's people to worship the Lord. Again and again we read it over and over in Psalms. It says things like this. It says, worship the Lord. Ascribe greatness to the Lord. Give to the Lord the glory that he deserves. Jesus also told us in Luke, well, he wasn't talking directly to us, but when we read about the encounter that Jesus had when Jesus was tempted in the desert in Luke chapter 4, you remember this? When Satan tempted Jesus and said, you know, worship me, uh, how did Jesus respond? He said, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. God is worthy of worship because he is our Lord. last point God is worthy of worship because he is my redeemer God is the alpha and omega he is the creator of the universe what the one who hung the stars in their place and who you know uh, who, who harnesses the tides and you know all those kinds of things as scripture declares he's worthy of worship as creator and lord but he's a lot more than that too isn't he He's not just the God up in heaven, the one who, you know, is mighty and powerful and, and all that kind of stuff. But over and over again, what we see in Scripture, what we see in God's Word is that He is a God who wants to have a personal relationship with people. And over and over again, He calls people to Himself. And God calls us to Himself. He has called us to Himself too, hasn't He? God called me to himself. I was a sinful person. I was a person who was lost and needed to know the saving power of Jesus. And God made a way for me through the work of Christ, through the work of the cross, for my sins to be forgiven. He chose me and he adopted me into his family. He paid the price for me to be redeemed to be brought back out of slavery, which is what redeemed means, kind of brought back out of slavery and brought back into into the family where we belong. He brought me out of slavery to sin and he gave me an eternal future with him. He is worthy of my worship because he is the creator and Lord of everything. But I love him because he's my saviour, because he chose me and called me. I worship him even more than, uh, the, than as creator and Lord. I, I worship him even more as my saviour and as my heavenly father who rescued me and redeemed me and called me and chose me and adopted me. I worship him all of my days because he rescued me. 
We don't always feel like worshipping God, though, do we? Some days we have to choose it. Some days we have to remind ourselves of what is true and what is right. Sometimes our circumstances aren't great and we start to wonder where is God and is God really good and we see the the evil and the bad in the world around us and we think is you know there's that temptation to think is God really worthy of worship and we hear that from people sometimes too don't we sometimes people in the world go you know that well with all the evil and all of the the children being abused and all of the terrorist acts and all of the this and all of that and all the people being murdered and all the killed if there's God who allows that then that's not a God that I want to worship anyone ever heard that before yeah we have haven't we and sometimes for me there's that there's that kind of you know when when things aren't going right and when I'm struggling and when I'm feeling down when I feel like I don't have enough and I think you know well you know is is God really good is God really worthy of worship but you know the one of the things that I have to remind myself of is that God isn't worthy of worship because he gives me stuff that's not what makes him worthy of worship God isn't worthy of worship because of what I get out of it. And because of that, he isn't any less worthy of worship when he doesn't give me stuff or doesn't do what I want. Job, uh, if you've ever read the story of Job, Job was a a guy um, who lived in ancient times in Israel and he he was a righteous guy. He was a guy who who honoured God, who um, was very blessed and very wealthy. It gives you a list of some of what he, in an agricultural society, he had thousands of sheep and thousands of camels and donkeys and cattle and and he had 10 kids, seven sons and three daughters. And we read this encounter where Satan comes to God and and he blesses me and he's upright and lives righteous. No one like him anywhere. And Satan kind of does that thing where he says, oh, well, you know, he only loves you because look at all the things you've done for him. You know, you bless everything his hand turns to and everything just turns to gold no matter what he does, you know. Who wouldn't? You know, you took all that away, then he probably wouldn't. And, uh, and God gives Satan permission to, to take all of that stuff away. And in a single day, um, these messengers arrive. Well, I, I think it's a single day. I could be wrong on that point. But in a very short space of time, let me, let me just say that, all right? In a very short space of time, there's messengers who come to him and say, you know, these bandits have come and they've stolen all your camels. And then another messenger come and says, fire's broken out and killed all of your sheep. And another messenger come and says, oh, you know, all your, all your cattle are, are dead. I can't remember how they died. And then another messenger comes and says, this great wind came and blew the house down where all your children were having a feast and they all died. You know, and this is a guy who's, he, he loses everything. He loses all of his wealth. He loses his seven sons and his three daughters. And and he begins to just weep and grieve, and he you know he, he goes into mourning. He shaves his head and he puts on sackcloth and things that were all part of that indication of deep grief and mourning. But this is what he says: He says, 
naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. What's he saying? He's saying I, none of it I can take with me. It, it's, it's, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Sometimes worship is not about our circumstances. Worship is not about being thankful for the things that God has blessed us with or done, although it's good to be thankful. But worship is deeper than just being thankful because we've got stuff. We make a choice at times like Job to worship God in the midst of whatever hardship we might be going through. To worship Him because He is God. To worship Him because He is Creator. To worship Him because He is Lord. And to worship Him because He is our Redeemer. One day we'll see him face to face everybody will one day every person that has ever lived will stand before God and they will have their moment and I, I you know I, I believe that when we stand before God in his glory we, we probably may not even be able to stand I don't know <laughs> one of those things I think there's going to be a lot of people who simply fall on their face overwhelmed by the glory and majesty of the God that we serve we can't even begin to imagine what that's going to be like and when we fall down and we'll, we'll worship him we fall on our face in acknowledgement that he is the king, not because we have to, but because he is worthy. Can our, our worship team come up? We're going we're gonna to close there. I'm just going to ask the team to, to lead us in, in some songs that really just kind of focus in on, on who God is, just focus in on on worshipping Him. Focus in on some of those kinds of things. That, and I want to encourage you in this moment. I don't know what, how you were feeling when you came to church today. Maybe you were feeling great. Maybe you were feeling excited and full of joy and happy to be back and able to sing again and looking forward to worship. Maybe you weren't. Maybe you were feeling tired. Maybe you went to bed late last night, <laughs> feeling a little like sleepy this morning. Maybe you're struggling with stuff. Maybe you're struggling with, with illness or with your mental health. Maybe you're wrestling with different circumstances that might be happening in your life that are, that are difficult. Maybe you're feeling sad. But I want to encourage you this morning to simply look to Jesus. To, to take this moment to, to just let some of that stuff just go for just a moment. Just, just to put some of those things down and just focus on, on who God is. 
focus on on him and make a choice in this moment to worship him because he is worthy of our worship whether he provides our every need or whether he doesn't provide our our every need or want or desire or you know whether he protects us from bad things happening or whether he doesn't protect us from bad things happening whether no matter what's going on he is worthy of worship he's worthy of our praise he is worthy of honor because he is creator because he is lord because he is our redeemer let's worship together thanks Tim. thanks for listening to today's message for more information or to listen to other podcasts head to our website at bethelcrc.org.au or check out bethel family church on facebook